Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And welcome to our show where the hosts are made up and the topics don't mean anything. Nice. Yeah, so. It's true. It is. It's funny because it's true. I wish somebody gave me points. Nobody pays me in gum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so today we are going over, whose line is it anyway? All three different shows. And I discovered in when I was watching these that there's some people out there that did not know that Whose Line started in Great Britain. Crazy Town. Nuts. Cuckoo. For Cocoa Puffs. If you like Cocoa Puffs, you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective, such as I Am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, The Dog and Deuce Show, and of course, The Rad Dad Radio Hour. <laughs> it's like he's starting an outboard motor. Your guitar solos are going more and more that way. It's like less guitar solo and more small engine repair. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't got no gas in it. (laughs) Will this be the monthly reminder that it used to be my little... Yeah, I was done. It's the weekly reminder. Every week, you're like... You say I bring it up every week, and I do not bring it up every week. And then I tell you, if you want it back, you can have it. No, I don't want it back. And then you say that. I I just want the world to know that it used to be a simple little thing. Not if you want it. It's your pickle. <laughs> Hollywood hot. <laughs> that's a that's a deep cut, and like somewhere out there, someone's gonna get that reference. And it's also a little bit of foreshadowing too, right? That was a throw forward. Ah, you'll find out what we mean by that in two episodes. Ooh, I see what you did there on the pickle show. On <laughs> <I'm> pickle, Josh. <laughs> Somebody write that down. <laughs> All right, yeah, so if you're looking for some more of this, we are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM, and on Podchaser, where you can uh, see some bios of me and Joel. I don't think Pat and Josh have put themselves on there, but actually see some of the other shows that Joel and I have been on. And give us a rating, give us a thumbs up, you know, and also uh, go to the Facebook page where you can find our Discord chat line to the fans chat. A lot going on in there right now. In fact, Josh just got a special gift. Yeah, yeah, we finally have fan art for the show. It's about time. And it's not hentai, so that's a relief. It's, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah, one of our uh, lovely listeners made a piece of craft art for us uh, featuring butts to the front. That's awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Made my whole week. If you want to give us a call, 708-NOW-RAP, that's 708-669-9727, or click and call on Facebook and uh, leave us a message. Are there any messages? 
Nope, we've been rapid-fire recording this since we're all still contained to our house. House as. We're not all in the same house. <laughs> That's a hell of a sitcom idea. I mean, oh, man. we lived that. We did that, yeah. <laughs> but just imagine if, like, you know, we we were popular enough that like they could make a reality show out of making us live together again now. Right, Patrick, it'd be like Fuller House. There was a vomit wall. <laughs> And I over. say that as the person responsible for the vomit wall. There was almost a poop chest. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not a good. Maybe not a good idea. <laughs> Is that something you want to relive? I don't think people need to watch me living life. <laughs> That's yeah. Why the hell does the bathroom smell like barbecue sauce? <laughs> <laughs> no one. No one deserves to have to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> what Patrick waking up. Yeah, no, I don't want to hoister that on anybody. Yeah, we don't have smell-o-vision yet, so you're good. Yikes. All right, on that note, I think it's about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. You know what I think is funny is that somebody out there is like, eh, they just made that up, the barbecue sauce. No, literally, the bathroom did smell like barbecue sauce, and there's a definite reason for it that we'll get into later. I think, yeah, I think we've talked about that before. We did, yep. Oh, did we? On our origin show, I think. Oh, probably, yeah. And our house show, or like our living space show. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of our one of our stories we've gone to. All right. Yeah, uh, the origin show, episode 40. Yep. Go back, check it out. All right, so August 5th, 1998, the debut of the American version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? All right, so music. The number one song in the land was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Was that a cover of the Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney classic? I think it was a, oh, what do they call it? Homage? Cover, but like a rearrangement. Mm. Do, do you actually not know that song? Me? Me or him? Anybody. I, I know that song. I don't know that song. I know of it. I've like heard it once before, but I mean... Oh, wow. Yeah, I know that well enough that I know the video pretty well. That's a great song. Mm. Huh. I've never been like a big fan of 90s era R&B. Late 90s. Early 90s, I like. That's the thing is, I think I'm more into early 90s R&B, but that song, like when I saw the video, I was like, wow, I never really thought a whole lot of either of these artists, but this is a really good track. Like the era that Babyface ran... Babyface and R. Kelly, I was like, nah, I'm out. All right. So on August 8th, Sean Mendez, singer, songwriter, was born in Toronto, Ontario. Mendez's fame began in 2015 when he released his debut EP, Handwritten, containing the song Stitches. His follow-up album, Illuminate, the following year, contained the number one singles Treat You Better and There's Nothing Holding Me Back, which were hits around the world. He released his third self-titled al- album in 2018, <laughs> which included the number one hit In My Blood. I'm pretty sure he was featured on an early uh, incarnation of our Billboard show. Yeah, it was the song Stitches. Was it Stitches? Yeah, mm. I knew it was either Stitches or Treat You Better, because I knew both songs. All right, I'm going to mess this up, I'm sure. So here we go. Tommy Fail. File, I think. Tommy File. <laughs> I think it's Thomas. Thomas <laughs> Fail. I think he likes to be called Tom, though. Tommy Thomas <laughs> Failey. Tom Thompson Thomerson. Sorry. Jim Abbott was an American singer songwriter. Uh, no, see, now you messed me up again. All right. So Tommy Faley was an American songwriter and singer best known for composing Phantom 309 and singing The Legend of the Brown Mountain Lights. 
It's <laughs> funny. Anyway, he was known for his deep voice and comic sta- onstage banter. Bailey got his start on local radio in 1946 with Snuffy Jenkins and Homer Sherrill and the Hired Hands. Bailey also appeared on national radio in 1949 on Philip Morris' Night with Horace Height. Jesus, what are these shows? In 1951, he joined Arthur Guitar Boogie Smith's Cracker Jacks as a bass player and singer, and he also sang bass for Smith's gospel group, the Crossroads Quartet. Bailey remained with Smith for 18 years, and he died of a heart attack on August 6th. That's where his heart failed. There were just so many great names in that paragraph, I had to leave it in. Yes. Yeah, I knew the guy was going to die about the legend of the Brown Mountain Lights. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Philip Morris hour. <laughs> Philip Morris night would hurt. <laughs> that, just, that just solidified it. <laughs> uh, it was a different time. And finally, Jose Antonio Torresola Ruiz, better known as Frankie Ruiz, was an American-born Puerto Rican salsa singer and songwriter. While still in his 30s, he became known as El Pape de la Salsa, the father of salsa. A salsa moved closer to pop music during the 1990s. Ruiz managed to record a number one of his hits during his late career. A number of his hits during his late He suffered from years of drug and alcohol abuse. On August 9th, El Pape de la Salsa died due to complications from liver disease and was absorbed. El Pape de la Salsa. El Pape de la Salsa. All right, moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was Ever After... A Cinderella story. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, I've seen it a few times. We had it on VHS. I think we had it on VHS, then eventually on DVD. It no longer lives in this household, though. I shall try. It's a line from the movie. Gotcha. Kamani Griffin, born on August 1st, is an American actor who had roles in All of Us, Ni Hao Kailan, Daddy Daycare, and Norbit. He has also appeared in smaller parts on Grey's Anatomy, ER, and My Name is Earl. Kamani had a main role on the game show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, until its series finale on September 18th, 2009. A lot of people I don't know about were either died or were born. Ni hao, Kailan. This was a rough week. There wasn't a whole lot of info going on. Basically, Sean Mendes was born, and that's about all that happened. And well, Tommy and Bailey. One other person died that's kind of important other than that. Yeah. We'll get to it. All righty. Movies released this week included Basketball. Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Snake Eyes, The Avengers. No, not that one. The other one. <laughs> and Airbud Golden Receiver. Holy yeah. shit, that's a bunch of bad movies. <laughs> yes, that is a whole lot of bad movies. I love basketball. Halloween was kind of a pile. Snake Eyes wasn't great. The Avengers wasn't great. And Airbud, I didn't see. You love basketball? I love basketball. Ugh. Jesus I remember watching Christ, that man. at your at your apartment when you had the apartment in the basement. You are like an algorithm buster. <laughs> what? With the shit that you like and don't like. I just think Trey like, Parker like, and like Netflix could funny. never tailor anything to find out your specific wants and desires in in media. And that's the thing is that's not what blows me away because like liking basketball, even loving it, okay, but thinking Snake Eyes was okay. Really? Yeah, it wasn't great. That movie was a steaming fucking pile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. I don't ever need to see it again. It was one of those where... In Nobody the first... needed to see it at all. Well, the first 10 minutes were awesome. It's like, this is a great setup. And then it immediately goes to shit. Yeah. Oh, wait, are we talking about basketball or are we talking about Snake Eyes now? We're talking about Snake yeah. Eyes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, no, basketball is like Snake Eyes, only not quite as bad and without the potential. Ooh. It had Trey Parker and Matt Stone writing it. It had potential. 
it paid off on that potential. <sighs> it did not. It was it was like movie forty two, but done by Trey Parker and oh, Matt Stone. No, that, that had like one scene that was funny, and the rest was trash. Yeah, you just described a basketball. <laughs> I, what we feel about when you talk about movies, like yeah, that one <laughs> scene with the duck was funny. Basketball had ska in it, you know, like the Deftones. <laughs> Jesus, I don't way know. To, but way to deflect. Airbud golden receiver, man. That's where I'm putting my money on. And <laughs> the porn airbutt. All right, these are your choices. You have to watch one of these movies for the rest of eternity on loop. Which one do you watch? Basketball. Josh? I choose death. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an option. I probably choose Halloween H2O. I'd probably go with the Avengers. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's... The leather cat suit. Yeah. I'd probably have to go with basketball, just because it's the only comedy. Uh, See, if I went with Airbud, the whole time I'd be like, why is a dog wearing shoes? (laughs) How does a dog wear pants? <laughs> like this? Or How like is that this? illegal interception? <laughs> TV. Top shows in the land were ER, Friends, Frasier, and Jesse. Wow, that was very 90. Oh, yeah. On this day, Sherry Lewis, American puppeteer and ventriloquist and creator of Lamb Chop, the sock puppet famous from the Sherry Lewis show and the acronym of the week, which is LCPA. Pretty sure that stands for Licking Colin Powell's Asshole. The Condoleezza Rice story. A very, very brief show. Do you want anthrax? That's how you get anthrax. I remember the big controversy about Lamb Chop and the uh, Colin Powell. <laughs> he didn't want to say it. I didn't. I, you know, I... Lamb Chop and Powell's Powell's. <laughs> that's, that's a rare moment where my brain says, you want to go down this road? <laughs> Do you really just want to repeat what was just said? <laughs> oh, God. No, that is uh, Lamb Chop's play along. She, uh, Sherry Lewis, not Lamb Chop. Well, I guess Lamb Chop, too. Died at 64 years old on August 2nd. She had breast cancer, and she got pneumonia while she was under chemo and got her. Yikes. Mm. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to sports before Joel makes a joke about Sherry Lewis. I already did. Mm. You guys missed it. No, we didn't. No, yeah, no we, we didn't. We, we didn't hear it, but we didn't miss it. Oh. <laughs> You'll catch it when post, Patrick. Yeah. All right, and lastly in sports, on August 3rd, the Oval staged the first competitive cricket match played under floodlights in London when home team Surrey lost to Sussex by eight wickets in the day-slash-night 40-over fixture. What the fuck? I don't know. I just cut and paste that one. I I understood, like, words, and that's... Well, floodlights... Uh, it is not an, a cricket term. Floodlights no, it, literally it, it, means no. floodlights. I'm going yeah, with the that. last. The last five words are where it gets weird. I don't know what day night forty over fixture means. Well, day night because the the games go so long. They probably were like, "Hey, oh man, it's not. It's getting dark. We should leave." Oh wait, they're turning on the lights. So they don't break for nighttime, unlike other cricket matches. That one makes sense. Yeah, and we we've heard of overs. So you play to forty overs. Or is it 40 over like all the competitors have to be 40 over like it's a seniors cricket thing? Huh. Or is it like a porn with plumbers? It's like 40 over fixture. It's like. What What porns are you watching? 40 over is never. Well, not never a search term I use. I can't say never. Let's not go down this road, his brain says. (laughs) You know, in different languages, they they flip instead of over 40. They go 40 over. So how about that Colin Powell, Mike? Looking pals, colon. <laughs> He's on. still colon. In. The MLS All-Star Game was the third Major League Soccer All-Star Game 
held August 2nd at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida. A team of United States All-Stars beat a team of international All-Stars by a score of 6-1. to one. And lastly, Len Duncan was an American race car driver who raced midget cars in seven decades, from the 1920s until the 1980s. <laughs> during World War II, he received the honor of being assigned as President Harry S. Truman's driver during one of his visits to England. In a midget car? Yeah. They just they just kept it running on the whole ship. They just drove it around on the on the deck. <laughs> Mario Andretti credits Duncan with having a great influence on his professional life. He drove through the pearly gates on August first. Absorbed. What's a midget car? Those are the little tiny uh, cars with the crazy looking ramp type tops to keep them from flipping over because they're so small. They're the, the ones where you can see like the struts and all the suspension on the side because the body of the car is almost like shaped like half an almond. You usually see them on like when they show like the Monte Carlo type races. They catch fly- air pretty easy, like they go flying up. Oh, strangely, it was Joel's explanation that got me there. Don't know why. Yeah, that is odd. I'm helping. Tank. <laughs> well, all right. That's sports, I guess. Play us off, keyboard, Joel. Na 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 na. In 1988, two. I don't even know what they were. Gentlemen. Producers, radio producers, Dan Patterson and Mark Levison came up with a concept for the show. Whose line is that anyway? Revolved around games focusing on improv comedy. And the original whose line is that anyway was actually on BBC four radio. It ran for six episodes with Clive Anderson, the, the host from the British version as a host and John Sessions and Stephen Fry as the program's regular. It was so good. I've already enjoyed the six episodes that were out there. They decided to adopt the approach used by an earlier BBC radio show called I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. And rather than having to read these shows credit out loud in the traditional BBC radio announcer, the performers in each episode were tasked with doing this by themselves in a different comedic style. Yeah, they uh, titled it based on like there was a TV show called What's My Line? And there was a play called Whose Life Is It Anyway? And they just kind of jammed those together to get Whose Line Is It Anyway? So this show ran from 1988 to 1998 for 10 seasons, hosted for 136 episodes, was Clive Anderson, who, believe it or not, doesn't even have an IMDb picture, which kind of blew my mind because he's known for this and a couple others, something that kind of looks like The Office, not the nine o'clock news, which in going through this, really want to see it because it's got Rowan Atkinson in it. Oh, I think that was another one of those, yeah, like a an, an early version of The Daily Show, a fake news show. Okay. Yeah, he was a comedy writer on all those things. He never appeared in front of the camera, though. Oh, okay. And then uh, Richard Franch, uh, I put him in here. He was the musician on it, but he was also on it for 104 episodes. So that was, I thought, was kind of a cool thing. He was also a writer on something called Smack the Pony. <laughs> which... I'm sure makes complete sense. This is also oh, smack the, that pony. Yeah. Uh, the exposure to the world of a one Ryan Stiles, who was on for 92 episodes, and Colin Mockery, who was on for 71 episodes. Greg Proops, uh, who I think is, is probably one of my favorites. That's because he's your hair soulmate. Is he? Oh, Greg shit, he is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Am I turning into Greg Proops? <laughs> you always have been Greg Proops. Have I? There are worse things to turn into, so yeah. you're doing all right. Oh, you could turn right. into Colin Mockery. But everybody loves Colin Mockery. I mean, uh, the hair, though. Or lack of it. 
You got lots of hair. Uh, also, Tony Slattery. I uh, love Tony Slattery. As far as the old show goes, he was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And Josie Lawrence, who's the female comedian on there, who was also put up with a lot of crap from these guys. Yeah, Josie and Caroline were probably the two most common. Josie was on a lot more episodes than Caroline. Yeah, she was on for 53. And then Michael McShane, which if you don't recognize that name, the one uh, way I reminded people of who it was, he was a, the hypnotist from Office Space. Yep. Lost a lot of weight since then. Would not reckon, you know, he's you know, he's looking good. Known for Office Space. He was also Friar Tuck in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love jo- Josie Lawrence, too. One of the episodes I, I dug back and looked into some older episodes, and then there they had one with Stephen Fry was on it and they did a scene it wasn't scenes from a hat it was the uh where they choose the the audience chooses the scene and they have to have a conversation back and forth only using questions ah questions yeah, yeah. it's called questions yeah. yeah sorry questions and uh they go okay and the scenario is you are in ancient greece i don't know he goes ancient rome stephen fry walks up and it's josie and stephen fry and stephen fry looks at her and starts speaking latin <laughs> to Josie Lawrence back and forth and she's he's he rattles off this whole quest this question and he she looks at me like what and he says something back in Latin and she goes looks at him goes are you actually speaking Latin or are you just taking the piss <laughs> <laughs> just like it was and I have to say Stephen Fry and who's on us anyway was amazing also some trivia on this one Mike Myers and Steve Carell auditioned for the show but were rejected by the show's producers you know I could see that mm-hmm I mean, one of the key things to being an improviser is you never boost yourself up by shutting somebody else down and just seeing the way those guys do comedy. I'm honestly not sure they'd be good at this style, especially short form. And Steve Carell was always pulling a gun out in his improv act. <laughs> yeah. Michael Scarn. <laughs> How much of this have you guys seen? Oh, shit. I watched this. Like, they're half-hour shows that feel like they go by in about 10 minutes, so... Mm-hmm. If they were on for hour, two, three hour long blocks, I'd just sit down and watch and then hours would suddenly be gone from my life. And this happened many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever this was on, I would watch it. And for the show, I went back. And if anybody's interested and wants to watch the original two runs of it before the I'm sorry, the the latter two runs of it, not the original, not the BBC one. You can see them on CWC app. But anyway. Yeah. The original is on Hulu. Is it? Yeah. It's also on Amazon Prime. Oh. I watched probably like six episodes of it just to re-familiarize myself. But yeah, I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, it it definitely is British. Yes. Well, and it is the introduction for most people to short form improv, which is the improv I would think that 99% of people would be more familiar with because it's easy to understand. It's got games and these structures and these forms, and uh, it's funny if you're really good at it, it's funny all the time. And if you're kind of good at it, it's funny three quarters of the time. And it's served in little bite-sized nuggets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're at Gen Con, you think you're funny on it, but you're not. Oh, no, we were funny. No, except for us. Oh. Well, and that's the thing is, yeah, Mike did a season of improv with me, and I did, Jesus, like five seasons with a troupe. Like, short. And I'm the talent. <laughs> short, short form was like my thing for a bunch of years. Yeah, I did MC work. Did a little bit of long form, too. But like games like this, we did party quirks. We did questions. We did a lot of the same things you'll see on Who's Line. Yeah. I remember watching this even before I met you guys. I think we had, I saw this on cable. It was either on like USA Up All Night 
or MTV or something like that that I saw this on and just immediately like you like you Josh immediately got addicted to it. It was one of those sit down and they showed one right after the other and then you're like wait a second it's dark. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? It's light again. It's nighttime. But uh Why do I smell bacon? Yeah, I remember when uh when I got a cable package that had BBC on it. I used to leave BBC running a lot while I was just doing whatever around the apartment. Mhm. Explains why you had an accent. I mean, I I love a lot of British humor and British television, QI and you know stuff like that and all the other stuff. I, you know, Jimmy Carr is fucking hysterical. I enjoyed this show a lot more once the advent of the internet started getting regular because it was like, oh wow, the crowd's really laughing at that. I should look at who that guy is. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of pop culture references to British shows and that sort of thing. But. It was a lot of fun, and it aired for 10 years, and then some guy over in the United States said, wait a second, we could do that here, and that was a one Drew Carey. So kind of a crossover uh, right after this one ended, pretty much the same year, 1997, 1998, they jumped in and started up the American version, which I think is the one that the majority of our listeners are going to remember. Yeah, and the last season of the British version was in USA. Yeah, it was it was still Clive Anderson, but the 98th season was Whose Line Is It Anyway in Hollywood. I'm just sad because there goes my trivia. Oh, oh that's all right. That's all right. No big. Um, I mean, and there's something else to it. Anyway. But this stars for 222 or 220 episodes. Not nearly as impressive as 222. 220 episodes. Drew Carey is the host. Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles are the two that have been on every single episode. Like the anchor. They're like the anchor of the show. You think of whose line is it anyway, you immediately think of Colin and Ryan. Yep. Nobody else. Uh, also, uh, I don't uh, know. Wayne Brady. I mean, yeah, I was going to say Greg and Wayne completely. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wayne was a carryover from the late seasons of the British one. And I maintain that there is not a person on the planet who does musical improv as well as Wayne Brady. I no, 100% not agree with that. 212 shows. Yeah, He showed up after uh, season two. So he's almost as much of a staple. as. Was. Well, I mean, they don't even they don't even put him on there as a guest anymore. They put him in as a uh, just a standard. Yeah, he's main cast for sure in the American version. And he did like eight episodes of the original. Mm-hmm. Laura Hall, the musician on the piano and other yeah. instrument. Yeah, she was the musician for this one and put up with a lot of crap, too. Also, 116 episodes, Linda Taylor, another one of the musicians. Uh, Brad Sherwood for 58, Greg Proops. And Cece Worrell Rubin is another musician that was on there. Uh, again, same format. I have some trivia, uh, some, also some trivia here. Drew Carey often joked about the hoedown being our favorite game in the whole wide world. The fact is, Ryan Stiles and the cast members hated it so much that... A lot of the songs would either insult the hoedown or Drew Carey himself. And Ryan often made it a point to try and make it unairable. Mm-hmm. That's, now, now, hold off on that. I have I have a question after the trivia is done. All right. Ryan Stiles and Colin Mockery, the only two performers to prepare in every episode. Also, Ryan and Colin Mockery are good friends in real life, mm-hmm. which makes me happy. Clive Anderson was asked to host the American version of Whose Lines It Anyway, but declined because he neither wanted to move to or commute to Los Angeles. And Josh, like you said, ironically, he wound up doing it anyway because the final season of the original British show was filmed on the American set piece. Sid Caesar, 
on episode 503 that salutes to American television. He got a bigger round of applause than what shows up in the actual show when he came out onto the stage. Apparently, the audience cheered for so long that they actually had to cut the applause short. Otherwise, the show would have gone long. That's good. That makes me happy. It does. I hope that's true. It sounds a little bit like, you know, BS, because I'm not sure everybody would even know who he is. Well, consider the time, though. You know, this was still. Well, consider the time and consider the people, the people that are going to actively try to get tickets to a live showing of Whose Lines It Anyway. Those are the people who are going to know who Sid Caesar is. I hope. I mean, I hope it's true. He deserves it, obviously. It really did. It'd be a weirdly specific thing to lie about. Yeah. I mean, why would you lie about anything involving Sid Caesar? Also, episode 521. Yes. The Richard Simmons Show. The longest Who's Line episode to shoot due to the performers having a hard time not losing it while laughing or breaking character because it was the only time they ever stopped shooting in the middle of an episode and had to take a break because of how hard the audience, the performers, and the crew were laughing after the infamous living scenery game in which Richard Simmons was a jet ski. Yep. Wait, I just made Laura sit down and watch that tonight when we were eating dinner. Mm. Oh, that's and good. Choke her to death. She, yeah. she hadn't seen it before, and, and she was she lost it just like I did the first time I saw it, and I lost it again, even after having it, seen it's, it. It's literally one of the funniest things ever on television, and I don't care how many times I see it, it's still hysterical. Yeah. What I, I, mean, I, I, re- I still laugh like like it's the first time I saw it. Every time I watch it, it's yep. fucking funny. <laughs> oh, this chair's wet. <laughs> There's one of the things that I noticed. I like I left just like you, Pep. But I always try to notice something new, something that I never saw before. And this last time I watched it when the Richard Simmons came out for a very brief moment, they focused on groups, and the look on his face is it's like somebody slapped him with a fish. The whole look on his face is just like what the hell like we did not expect this yeah he was genuinely surprised (laughs) yeah this one wants more quarters (laughs) this is also one of the very rare times that richard simmons publicly acknowledged i think that guy may be gay (laughs) now throwing back to you pat what you had said before about ryan styles making things unairable there was also a under undercurrent not even undercurrent it was just full-fledged of Drew Carey and the team hating the censors. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch any of the outtakes, it, it's it's blatantly clear how every single time, like they're in the middle of doing something, and then suddenly you know you hear the the, the director, all right, hold up, hold up, you know, because the censors are in the back going, no, they can't say that. You know, and everybody's visibly upset. And they're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, and Ryan Styles is like, he's at his funniest when you piss him off. There's one scene when he does something and Drew loses it. And he's like, there's nothing funnier than a pissed off Ryan Styles." <laughs> it, I think it was the one at the end of the hoedown. He's like, if we do another hoedown, I'll slit my fucking wrist. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and the rest of them are all going, slit my fucking wrist. <laughs> dun, dun. That's, I, they got away with a lot then if they were fighting with centers because it, it got pretty risque at times. It really did. There were there were there were moments where it was that kind of like they're letting that through. Oh, okay. But like some of the stuff that they stopped, you know, when they were throwing out suggestions from the audience, were just like some of them were so good. Like a a blind salesman, 
you know, it was it was like one suggestion once, and you know, they're about to get ready to do a, a skit about a blind salesman as a superhero, and then suddenly the, the, the censors are like, nope, you can't do anything about blind people. Oh. And so they come back out and they start doing another thing about like a necrophiliac, and then they stop them again. And Ryan's all like, all like, oh, no, you don't want to offend any dead people. <laughs> one of my favorite ones is when Wayne Brady did that. Why is there nobody like me on Friends? <laughs> yeah. But you know what's something cool about that is they, shortly after that, they introduced a new black character on Friends who worked at the museum. Yeah. She was a professor with, with Ross. It was Aisha Taylor. Aisha Tyler, who then came around and is now the host of the new Who's Line uh, hey, Now. Hey, 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 spoilers. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's not, who the host is is not a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want to talk about Aisha Tyler yet. We're still talking about Drew Carey. But this is topical. You're topical. It's a thing. You're, I hope so. You're an ointment. What does that even mean? Topical. Oh, God. Uh, All right. And I, I hate to do it. I mean, taking out... We're, I'm, I'm just going to assume our favorite show across the board is going to be the Richard Simmons ones. Am I right yes. on this one? Yes. Probably. Second favorite show. Or w- with a guest star. Second favorite guest star. Huh, my second favorite guest star actually is from the now. Ooh. But if you have to pick one from the then, from the American then. Who would oh, from the American then? Jeez, I, I'd have to think. Because I, I actually watched a hell of a lot of the British and a lot of the Aisha Tyler. And I, I watched some of the Drew Carey. But, like, besides the obvious, I, I can't think of another guest star that was super stu- uh, stuck out for me. Yeah, I can't think of a guest star. But I can tell you my favorite character that wasn't a regular but that was on frequently was Brad Sherwood. I know you said Greg Proops was yours. But Brad Sherwood was always mine. Mm. Okay. I always loved it when Brad was on. Not even when Robin Williams was on? He he was, that was too much. That episode <laughs> was hard to watch because he was trying so hard and he just didn't fit with that style. I know that's what he does, but he that's what I fit. That's what I was talking about the, the one time in the Aladdin show when I was talking about a little bit of Robin Williams goes a long way towards the end, especially because he was always trying way too hard. Because what they do is is very, it's like, it's like they're a sniper and he had a He's just chucking Uzi. grenades everywhere. Yeah. yeah. He had an Uzi and, a, and a, a satchel full of grenades, and he was just something was going to hit. They, I mean, they, that's his comedy style, though. I mean, it really is. But it doesn't work in that format. I'm going to reframe the question to include any of the guest stars or not super regular players, but not just from the American version, because Jonathan Price, who's probably oh best God. known oh. as the High Sparrow uh, in Game of Thrones now, he was incredible every single time he showed up on whose line i concur a hundred percent because i when i went back to watch the old show to get to prep for this i came across a couple of his oh my god he crushed it every yeah. time he was in a game 100 mm-hmm. percent. i would also like to throw a shout out to jeff b davies i like him a lot the, the short guy in the suit oh yeah yeah oh yeah i like him a lot one of the ones that i like really enjoyed was the david hasselhoff one <laughs> I forgot about that. They brought David Hasselhoff out, and they had Ryan Stiles, Wayne Brady, and David Hasselhoff doing the three-headed opera singer, opera singer, opera singer where they all had to say one word for the song. And I know I, it it seems like he was doing it on accident, or he was, wasn't paying attention or something, but I swear to God, Hasselhoff was saying, he would go like, is it? And tossing two words in there, and it kept pissing off Ryan Stiles more and more. And you can see it in his face. 
that it was just like, God damn it, there is one rule in this game. <laughs> you are you are deliberately breaking it. That one or um taking taking I I I don't want this to devolve into a I I do remember that scene show, but with this episode I think we can kind of get away with it. A little bit. Yeah. The one where Colin Mockery was Ryan Stiles' hands when they, he was working, when he was making tacos. Oh, they do that game so much. Specifically yeah. those two. Oh, yeah. And it's always just so good. The one where they actually had a bottle of tequila out there. <laughs> yes. And Ryan Stiles almost chokes. because <laughs> they, Oh, that's real. <laughs> he's, are you okay? I wasn't expecting that to be really be tequila. <laughs> it was... That's one of the things about these two guys is that Ryan Stiles and Colin Mockery, I don't say they carried the show, but they they're the heart of the heart of it. And, and, and Wayne Brady. But I mean, I hate I don't I don't want to knock him off, but the chemistry between the two of them, particularly Wayne Brady is a force of nature on his own. He's so incredibly talented and, and, and amazing. But to watch Colin and Ryan together, just like you can tell that they're actually friends and they have fun, you know, together and they enjoy each other's company and all that kind of stuff. And they just work off each other so mm-hmm. well. And they're on point. Sometimes when I'm watching, I'm like, God, I wish I could come up with that. You know, that, I, where did that come from? You'd be surprised. Like it, it's, it's practice doing it. And these guys are masters. Like they have a natural level of talent that none of us will all ever get to. But like, when you get into the improv world, it's like your first couple times doing practice, you're scared and it's not very good and whatever. But after a couple months of doing it, you're just like you're doing stuff you never thought was possible just because you're putting yourself out there and you're used to it. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I find about the show is that it is comfortingly the same over and over again, but also different in every moment to moment. Like, it doesn't matter who the host is so much, aside from a couple differences in style. We've got the same game, the same pillars of the show, and some similar bits that come up and up over and over again, but it's fresh every single moment to moment. Like, you can watch anything from the now, anything from this era, anything from the BBC, and you're going to get a consistent experience, but not one that you are like, oh, shit, I've seen this before. And it's not like watching a scripted show, like where, okay... Set up, joke, catchphrase, set up, joke, catchphrase. You may get the comfort of the same games being played, but you're always going to get a brand new show each time. Mm -hmm. And it's never going to be the same show. Now, stylistically, one of the differences that started with Drew Carey, and we'll get back to this when we get to the Aisha Tyler shows, is that Drew Carey, unlike Clive, would, at least at the end of the shows, occasionally participate in games. And he had things to say that were funnier. I mean, Clive tried to be funny here and there, but he was more just kind of being the... Clive was was very dry and British. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say that he, uh, Drew Carey was necessarily funnier, but yeah, it, it was definitely... Clive was playing an announcer character, and like Pat said, he, he had those cutting, dry moments where Drew would get in on the jokes directly and eventually show up in some of the scenes. And sometimes it, what made the scene funny was seeing Drew lose it. Because yeah. the scene may have been funny, yeah. but then when you see him losing it, it just ratchets up that that level to where it's even funnier. I love it when Drew would just laugh so hard he just couldn't keep a straight face, couldn't even continue the episode. They'd have to cut. Are we to the point where if we go any further, we're just going to be remember that time? Yeah. Okay, Mike, you want to bridge us to the break? Since and now the, the break. break. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. 
2013. They're like, that show was fantastic. We love that show. Drew Carey was amazing. He doesn't want to do it. He's too involved with what, let, not, not uh, let's make a deal. Um, Price, Price is right. Price yeah. is right. He's too involved with Price is right and losing weight. So we're going to get Aisha Tyler. And this premiered on what channel again? CW. CW? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah, premiered on the CW. And like Pat said before, it's the same thing. Or no, Josh said it. The same thing, the same people, but still different every time. And we still love it. Uh, Aisha, I think, is a great host. Still is uh, starring Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles, who I believe at this point have signed a deal with the devil and are going to be doing Whose Lands in Anyway in Hell later on. Ha <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. Do the song again. No. Also having Wayne Brady, Laura Hall, and Linda Taylor. Wayne Brady as himself and Laura and Linda as the musicians. And uh, some trivia on this one. There really wasn't much. <laughs> it's blank. It really it is blank. <laughs> there is no true. Robin Williams wants to do song okay. styles with you. All right. Now, here's the thing. I tried to look at some trivia on this one. And the stuff that I got is hoedowns are hardly ever done because Ryan hates them. Yep. Ryan Styles and Colin Mockery are still best friends. Unlike her predecessors, Drew Carey and Clive Anderson, Aisha Tyler sometimes jumps in during the games. Yeah, she does it a lot more even than Drew. Which, yeah. And honestly, like Aisha Tyler, while she's not uh, at the caliber of the main cast performers, she is a funny lady just in general. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. She really I've always is. been a fan of hers. Uh, she used she used to host the soup, the soup. back in the yep. day in, in between uh, Joel McHale and uh, Greg Kinnear. Not only, like, we love her from Archer, but, like, she's a gamer. Like, a legit gamer. Mm -hmm. I did not know this. She's one of us, dude. Just way better looking. Yep. I have a mad crush on her. Yeah, in fact, she wrote a pretty good think piece about how she's constantly had to, throughout her career, every time she talks about being a gamer, like, justify her existence to gamer bros, who she knows more than. Like, yeah, she's hardcore. Hmm. She's also got a great podcast. I don't think it's still running, but there are 222 ep- episodes of uh, Girl on Guy where she would interview people. Uh, and she had everybody from Neil deGrasse Tyson, Dave Navarro, Cheryl Underwood. She had a two episode with that. Omar Benson Miller and her mom. She interviewed her mom, which I think is pretty cool. If you If you can ever dig up that podcast, check it out. It is a lot of a lot of good stuff. In fact, I'm struggling to come up with something she's been involved in that I haven't immediately been all in on. Yeah, I, I just, she's a great person. I'm glad that the world knows her. I got it for you. The thing that you can dislike. The Santa Claus 3. Oh. Okay. I haven't seen it, but you're probably right. She played Mother Nature. It's, it's fun. It's harmless. And it's got the, the Martin Short bit where he plays Jack Frost and... Joel, Joel, you're not helping the movie's case. He says, he says, <laughs> you're really not. You're being skillful and malicious. And he said, did you say I'm. <laughs> yeah, I love you... Martin Short, but that role was not the it's best a fun movie. I like all three of those movies. You and I have totally different descriptions of the word fun. That is true. You really do. I think all four of us do. And we have crossovers with this, but we're so we're talking about whose line is in anyway. <laughs> 
one of the things that you're going to see in this, besides Aisha jumping into games and generally uh, being pretty good at it, it was surprising to me the first time I saw her hop into the game just at random. I was like, wait a minute, the host doesn't do that. Even Drew didn't do that. Yeah, they'll be doing a scenes from a hat. She just jumps in, start doing a yeah, doing her own little bit with them. And someone else is buzzing her out when she she's gone too far. Yep. One of my favorite episodes of the new run is where Brad Sherwood was on, and she jumped in during a, a scene from the hat and closed down the segment. He was buzzing her, and they were all like high fiving her. And when she's got something funny, she's she's not afraid to jump in and get it out there. She's also self-deprecating enough in, in in the funny kind of way that, you know, she makes for a good host. And she allows everybody to pick on her and mess with her just like she's one of the, quote-unquote, the guys, which is important. The other big difference in the new is that they frequently have rotating guest stars. Like, that was a thing, but it wasn't, like, the thing. Where it seems like it's more rare that there isn't a rotating guest star. It is the exception rather than the rule. Well, now they have the big three. I mean, you've got Wayne Brady, Ryan, and Colin. Oh, Greg is almost always there, too. Like, frequently there's a fifth. Oh, really? Yes. I, uh, I, I did not watch enough of it then. Yeah, in fact, one of my favorite episodes ever was from just last year. Uh, they had uh, Walking Dead, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick's episode from just last year was fucking spectacular. I find him, as you guys already know, to be hysterical. They did a musical bit with Wayne Brady, of course, but the style they chose was fantasy metal, like power metal, but with like elves and dragons. And the whole shtick was they were going to pick a mundane occupation from the audience and sing a fantasy power metal song about that uh, occupation. And Wayne Brady and Chris Hardwick did a fantasy metal about a substitute teacher that might be my favorite moment of whose line period. I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. Cause he's, yeah, I'm going to have to find that. Yeah, I didn't get to see that one. Oh, it's so good. I mean, like I said, I'm a huge Hardwick fan, so i got to look that up. And Hardwick's bit, he, he does a uh, with Ryan and Colin when they're doing the hands thing. The bit where he is with the two of them and they're doing the hands game uh, is also one of the better hands games I've ever seen with the two of them. Yeah, sorry to immediately take us into remember that time, and you guys don't even remember it, but... When we're reviewing something like this, I mean, that is literally the whole point of their show, is to entertain us and to make us go back and say, remember that time, I mean, I've been scrolling through the list, Tony Hawk was on. Was it good or not? I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I know Teller and uh, Penn have both been on there also. It's, I think the whole purpose of this show is to go, Oh, be like water cooler talk. Did you catch it the other day? Did you see that episode? Oh my God, it was so funny. And and again, it's like you said, Josh, uh, before was, it's the same thing, but different every time. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's comforting how similar it is, even all these years later, which kind of leads me to a question that didn't make it into the notes. But I think it's a relevant question for the second half is like, what is your favorite game? Because they keep doing the same short form improv games. Hmm. And yeah, sorry to spring this on you guys. No, 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 no. That's it's it's pl- it's a pleasure to have questions that I didn't write on here. Um, <laughs> it's well, scenes from a hat for me has always been my favorite. That's a good one. Props or hands? Let's well let, let's make a list of the ones that we know. There's scenes from a hat. There's props. There's hands. There's hoedown. 
There's uh, film and theater styles. There's the dating game. There's party quirks. Oh, party quirks. Party quirks is my personal favorite. Like it always has been. It's my favorite to watch. And as an improviser, it's my favorite to do. And it's the one that always has the most potential to go off the rails. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons why I love it so much is because whenever we did guessing games, like when I was actually doing improv, I got to be the guesser. And there's nothing the audience loves more than to see the guesser fucking struggle. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can be dying up there and the audience is just laughing at your expense and it it doesn't matter. Like the more you struggle, the more they laugh. And because they're the ones in on the joke that, you know, and and you're just so far away from what the actual answer is and so lost. And it's a it's funny to watch. And when you finally get it, when you're so lost in the weeds, like everybody is on your team. It's like you just won the Super Bowl, (laughs) especially when it's an especially difficult one. So, yeah, fucking party quirks is my jam. There's the one where they they didn't do it very often, but they would show uh Clips from an old TV or movie, an old black and white, whatever, and they oh, would the green overdub screen? it. No, not the green screen one. That was with Colin. No, that's a different one. I'm talking about they would like be, like squat down in front of the TV and they would like lip sync over what the guys were saying in the old yeah. clips. Mm. Kind of like MST3K, but or um, oh, what was that movie? Uh, Woody Allen did it. He, re- he redubbed an entire movie. Oh, uh, Faster Pussycat. What's new, Pussycat? What's yeah? What's no? What's Faster Pussycat, Pussycat kill, 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 yeah. kill. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's Woody Allen didn't do that. that. No, the what is the, it's something about Pussycat. The what's Woody up, Allen. Pussycat? What's up, Pussycat? Is that what it what's is? What's up, Pussycat? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Faster I Pussycat, Pussycat, kill, Pussycat, kill. There's a. I, I'm with you, Joel. I'm. I understand where you're going with this. Yeah, it's Russ Meyer. That's a. Wait, what's us Pussycat is wait. What's new Pussycat is Tom Jones. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Pussycat? Is what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> We're going down a weird path. Um, did did anybody mention the sideways scenes or something where they have them lay down on the ground? Yeah, and that's they... my favorite of the new show. That's like of the of the new inventions because that shit gets so funny sometimes. It, Wayne Brady does some ridiculous shit during that. And then there's uh, secrets where they have the they have the treasure chest that they bring out and they do a scene and then at one point they open the chest and inside is one of the characters' secrets and it, they have props in there. Ooh, the one that I was watching tonight where they were Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker and they open it up and it's it's panties and a bra and some bondage gear. <laughs> you know, or the, just, the, what's the what, what? There's another one where they. Um... They have the things that the audience writes down, and they keep them in their pockets. And in the middle of the scene, they have to pull it out and say what's on the slip of paper. I I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of what it, the game is actually called. Yeah, what it's called. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, yeah, there's a few of them. So what's your favorite? Well, you uh, Joel said scenes from a hat. I said party quirks. How about you guys? I don't know. Props is really good. But I think I, I have to go with Josh in this one with party quirks because I like you said, I love it when they can't figure it out. I love it when we know it, it. And it's just that kind of like knowing the tip of the tip of the hand is I know exactly what's going on. But especially when you see proofs or you see somebody else trying to figure out what and it, it's always the look on their face like I should totally be getting this or it's the other side of the coin. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to go with party party quirks. And I'm going to go with uh, musical stylings because Wayne Brady is just always nails it, hits it out of the park every time. 
and sometimes they try to stump him. Yeah, as I was just yeah. about to say. Yeah, you Sorry. made me do it. No, no, go ahead. They just try to throw the, the craziest combinations together to him, like the, you know, and it doesn't matter what they throw at him. He just uh, he almost always hits a home run. Well, and that's one of the things about this show in general is that you look at scripted television, and you know, okay, there's story, story, joke, story, story, joke. You know, and, and there's a format and there's there's and sometimes it's really funny and sometimes it's not. But with this show, it's completely unscripted. And 90 percent of the time I, I go 95 percent of the time, it's funny. Even when it's not hilarious, it's still funny. And it's funnier than a lot of the scripted stuff. That and every episode, you're guaranteed at least one time to have a, a genuine laugh out loud moment. And even when you're not laughing, you're smiling and you're still having fun. Yeah. And you think about you've got, you know, 12 writers in a room writing an episode of whatever. And then here's, you know, four guys just making it up off the top of their heads and girls. And it's funnier than anything that was scripted. And that that never ceases to amaze me. And it's a good thing. You know, it's good that this exists. And the crazy thing is, is for these guys to get that good, they had to practice, which means that there are things that they did that no one saw aside from who was there for their practices that were never repeated again. Just these brilliant moments of comedy that like existed in this crystalline moment. And they just come back and do it again and again. And we are fortunate enough to see the ones that happened to have a camera rolling when they were doing it. It's like, you know, some of the best basketball that was ever played in the history of mankind were the practices that the dream team had before the Olympics. For sure. Some of our best shit was done before we ever started recording. Sometimes, you know, we'll be laughing our asses off at something and we get the, the mic going and it's still funny, but that stuff is lost. And just some of the shit that we've cracked ourselves up with, like pre-show, is like just deleted and gone forever. Yep. Unless we go back and, you know, unzip it and all that shit. But or it becomes, you know, the the stinger. Yeah. I wonder if there are people who listen to the show that don't know about the stinger that always bail before the end of the show. I hope you're learning right now. (laughs) I'm always hoping that there are people that don't bail before the crossover. I agree with you, Josh. And this, this is like a, what was it? Joel or Josh had said about this is almost like a pure form of comedy. It's making us laugh for the fact of making us laugh. It's not pre-scheduled. It's not laugh tracked. It's not, in in a bottle for them to dispense to us. Ryan Stiles and Colin Mockery doing the pre like their pre-show stuff where they know it's not gonna get no cameras are rolling. They don't have to worry about censors. They don't have to worry about someone telling them they can't say that. It's a point of the show where there may be people just them warming up and getting themselves going. That shit has to be amazing. Especially when before the people in the booth up top don't show. Or just imagine, like, you know, the two of them and their wives going out to dinner. The shit that's just, you know, the gems that are being thrown around there. They're probably talking like the finer points of politics and... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, every now and then, do you think they're not just making each other laugh? I I think... Or do you think they just sit and quote Chaucer to each other while they have dinner? (laughs) That's probably more accurate. Either that or they're doing that and the wives are just sitting there with that whole, you see the shit I got to put up with? Yeah. 24-7. They think they're so funny. (laughs) Their wives are like improv widows. (laughs) You know, the other thing that that really works for this show is the audience. You know, there's some shows that have live audiences, primarily like talk shows or game shows. 
but most of the the co- comedy shows on TV are, are you know laugh tracks or you don't see the audience. Here you actually see the audience and you see how much they're enjoying it, and and a lot of times that lends to the laughs because they're not to just go back to the then or anything, but like sometimes when they would pull people out of the audience to do things, it would be even funnier when they were just horrible at it. Like one particular episode when they had the, they pulled these two old British ladies from the audience to do the sound effects, and they were so bad at it. Watching Colin and Ryan react to the fact that they didn't know what the hell to do because they're like so we, bloop bloop. Like, That's not <laughs> everything what a car they're trying to like. make it the same sound for, and they're like, "Well, this sounds just like that other thing." You know? <laughs> right, and that was even funnier. And I think the audience, by default, is always on the performer's side. Like they know they're making it up as they're going along, so they're not like, "Oh, I hope this guy fucks up." Right. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the pure form of comedy thing. It's like everybody's on the same team to make f- funny shit. Yeah, it's very different from stand-up in that way, because stand-up, it's like, you better be good. It's not that you don't have to be good at this, but people are willing to have a little bit more tolerance for, hey, this is something that they're they're trying here. We'll cut them a little fucking slack. Mm-hmm. They're making this shit up as they go along. And there's a little bit of arrogance to the, to the mind of people in the stand-up audience where they're like, oh, you think you're funny enough to go up there by yourself and script all this stuff that you think's funny? Prove it, smart guy. Whereas in in improv, they're all like, oh, you know, you're given a little bit of leniency because they know you're making it up. Well, yeah, and it's very rare that improvisers are going to be up there alone. And, like, you do not fuck over someone who is trying to improvise because you have to trust whoever you're working with. Because if they don't support you when you're doing your bit, yours is going to fall flat. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to hundred percent go for it and trust that whoever's in the scene with you is going to have your back. Which is, you know, leading to the cardinal two-word phrase of improv, which is, of course, Josh. Yes, and it's a team sport. It really is, and it's it's not like you bring back to stand-up where you got one guy on stage running the show. You've got however many people in that troupe that are all working together to make the joke work. Yeah, the biggest sin you can uh, make in improv is to get a laugh out of the audience at another performer's expense. If my gag bombs, I can make the audience laugh by acknowledging the fact that I just bombed. The person in the scene with me does that? Oh, motherfucker. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was waiting for the end of the threat. Like, <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's, that's I, the main thing. I'm just fucking with you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Joel, what are we doing yeah. next week? What's on? What's on? Ooh. Imagine, if you will, a world in which Joel has internet. Aw, <laughs> did I Skype out? <laughs> uh, uh, Motherfucker. We call that world the Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> Bum, bum. Oh, wait, that's... So if you have anything to say to us about uh, your favorite moments from Whose Line or any of the other topics we talk about, or maybe you're going to catch this before we talk about the Twilight Zone, you want to let us know about your favorite Twilight Zone, give us a call. Let us know at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. So if you're looking for more of this, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Talks, Podverse FM, Blueberry, NoonFM.com, 
Uh, if you search 40 going on 14, we will pop up. You look on there, find us, and listen to some shows. Pay attention. We're also sending out some uh, old school shows. I have, what was the last one I sent out? The old Battlestar Galactica, which in my mind did not seem to be at show like, what, 23 or 24? Like five years ago. I know, right? It seems like, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember watching that not too long ago. Oh my God, that was like forever ago. Go on, listen to us before we had a theme song. Listen to us before we decided to buy good microphones. That's fun. (laughs) Come on, uh, listen to some more older stuff, listen to our newer stuff, and we will be back next week with some Rod Serling goodness. And Jordan Peele. Him too. Five, four, three, two, and one. Go. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go there, Mike. <laughs> you, you ever done this before? <laughs> yeah, not at all. Hi. You, you did that so quick. I was like, <laughs> I was in the middle of a drink. You did a drink take on me. And I did not feel like putting bourbon through my sinuses. Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> this is all you are getting. God damn. All right. Five, four, three. <laughs> God damn it. Hello. <laughs> and that's how we lost Pat. Five. Oh. All right. I'm good. I'm good. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. So back in 19... (laughs) I said the exact same thing I always say. You paused and I just in my mind. I thought you were going to do it again. I was like, hello. (laughs) I'm sorry. All right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you though? I am. I'm I'm fine. Is he sorry or is he good? Neither. Hello. Hello. <laughs> la, la, la. All right, I'm good. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello. Damn, I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> that time you kind of had to. <laughs> All right. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Somebody count us in. I can't do it because 99, somebody... 98, 97. <laughs> 96, 95, 94, Jesus 94, 94, 94, 94, Okay, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, 94, I was going to say, because when I do it, things break down, but apparently it doesn't matter if I'm doing it or not. Things Hello! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be the one getting us back on track. C, D, Niner. Is there a Niner in there? Elemento. Okay. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Hi. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.